You are listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. For more information about our church, please visit www.hopechurchipswich.net. Well, hi there. Thanks so much for joining us today online. Once again, another Sunday in lockdown, and we're sad that we can't be together, but it's so good that we can connect in this way and in the various ways that we're able to connect online. If we haven't met before, my name's Tom, and I'm one of the pastors at Hope Church. And over these last few weeks, we've been working through a series of messages in the Gospel of Luke, which is one of the books in the New Testament that gives an account of Jesus's life. And we've been seeing how his ministry has started. He's started to gather a team. He started to preach and teach. He's getting quite a name for himself. And we're going to be once again in Luke chapter 7. Before we uh, dive into that together, I wonder if you've ever been desperate to impress someone. I wonder if there's been someone that you've admired, maybe from afar, and then suddenly you've got an opportunity to spend time with them, and now you're working out, how can I impress them? How can I make a good impression? How can I make them think highly of me? It might be that you, uh, you, you start to tell stories about yourself that uh, you think will be impressive. Maybe you'll start to pretend to be interested in things that you're not really interested in, but you think it might give you credit with that person that you admire. It might be that you start to do very silly things to try and get their attention or to impress them in some way. I remember at the age of 14, uh, as I used to travel to go and watch Norwich City play football uh, every other Saturday with my friends. We would go on a bus uh, together. And uh, one afternoon, as we were coming back from a game, uh, my friends, and I think one of them was a young lady that I particularly liked, um, they dared me to go and start a fight with my brother, who was on the back of the bus with all of his friends. And for some strange reason, I decided that that was a good idea. And I started a fight with my brother, and I punched him in the face trying to look the part, trying to look cool, trying to impress my friends. And he's two years older than me and has always been much stronger than me. And so it wasn't a very good idea. I live to tell the tale, but it was a very foolish thing to do. But I was desperate in some way to make an impression with them. Now, I wonder if you were to spend the day with Jesus, what might you do to try and impress Jesus? Would anything impress him? Would anything make him amazed? Would anything at all move him. I mean, he's been around for eternity. We heard last week that nothing uh, exists that was not made through him. He's been around for eternity and has seen everything. There's nothing new under the sun. And every story we might share, we might think, well, Jesus will just have a better story. Perhaps we all know people like that. When we share a story and we think it's a great story, and then they say, well, yeah, that reminds me of the time when such and such happened. And their story is so much better. What would possibly amaze Jesus? What would possibly leave him feeling astonished? Well, in today's story, we're going to see something that leaves Jesus speechless. We're going to pick up in the story that we actually covered last week in um, in Luke chapter 7 about the Roman centurion. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, so he'd just been preaching to them, he returned to Capernaum. At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman centurion was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said, for he loves the Jewish people and he even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them 
But just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I'm not worthy of such an honor. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. We read that Jesus was amazed at this man's faith. And the word that uh, in the original language, in the Greek that it was originally written, the word for amazed is used about 43 times in the New Testament. And usually it's used of the people who witnessed Jesus' miracles. It's usually used of people who were left speechless, astonished, gobsmacked. Occasionally it's used for people who are really angry and frustrated. They're, they're without words to describe their, their emotion. And this is used to describe Jesus. And it's only twice in the New Testament that we see this word is described of Jesus. It's in this occasion here with the Roman centurion's faith. And it's used one more time when Jesus is healing people in his hometown. He's preaching and some people come by and they scoff at him and they say, this guy's nobody. We know his mum. We know he's a carpenter. We know his brothers and sisters. He's not a big deal. And he's astonished. He's amazed at their lack of faith. So what I, I glean from this that he would be amazed at someone's faith and he would be amazed at someone's lack of faith. I glean from this that faith is really special to Jesus. It's really important to him. Great faith impressed him. Lack of faith astonished him in not such a good way. I believe that Jesus loves faith. He loves it when we see him for who he is and when we believe him to be able to do great things. That was ultimately the makeup of the centurion's faith. He understood Jesus to have great authority, and he believed that Jesus could do anything. He recognized that Jesus could say to a sickness, go, and it had no choice but to go. So if you were with Jesus and you thought, how can I impress him? How can I make Jesus uh, think highly of me? How can, I, how can I leave an impression on him? It wouldn't be about anything within you. It wouldn't be about anything that you could do. It would be about your response to him. It would be about your trust in him. That kind of simple, childlike faith, it delights his heart. And I pulled out three things last week about this story, and I want to pull out three things this week. Firstly, Jesus wants us to grow in faith. Secondly, Jesus heals today. And thirdly, Jesus provides the ultimate healing. So let's look at point number one. Jesus wants us to grow in faith. The centurion's faith impressed Jesus. And our confidence in him and what he's capable of, it can grow. Now, it might sound strange to say that you can grow in faith. Now, if you believe that faith is simply some kind of mental agreement with some facts about Jesus or with some principles of the Christian faith, then you might think, well, how can that grow? Well, to be honest, if it's just mental agreement, then it can't grow. You either believe it or you don't. It's not talking about this, however. It's talking about an active, ongoing trust in God that is growing month by month, year by year, and God wants it to grow. He wants your faith to grow. I sincerely believe that. I, I believe that 
what we expect of God, what we believe him uh, to be capable of doing isn't to remain static, it's to grow. And the tragic thing is that often as we grow older and as we, uh, as we spend longer walking with God, sometimes disappointment, sometimes things that go wrong can cause us to be uh, disappointed and confused and can actually cause us to not expect great things of him. And I know some people who have perhaps been Christians for 40 or 50 years, and because of disappointment and because of things that they've just been left confused by, they're just not expecting great things of God. And yet, gladly, I know some people who are like Caleb. Caleb's a guy we find in the Old Testament. He hangs out with Joshua, and they go into the promised land together. And Caleb, even in his old age, is saying, God, bring it on. I'm still believing you for great things. God wants us to continue to grow. He wants us to be like Caleb. And my faith, as I look back over these last few years, my faith has grown. It's been six years this week that Sarah and I and our family, we moved to Ipswich to come and serve Hope Church. It's been such a privilege to serve Hope Church. I'm looking forward to many, many more years of doing so. And as we look back over these last six years, there have been disappointments, there has been difficulties, but there has been so, so many miracles, so, so much to celebrate. Healing miracles, some of which I'm going to share in just a moment. Miracles of provision. We've got an amazing facility that we're in the process of uh, refurbishing in the, in the center of town. Miracles of finance coming in for the mission that we're about here in Ipswich. Miracles of provision of people as God's brought the right people along at the right time to come and serve in different ways. Miracles of people's lives being turned around. And I've sat in this room and I've watched people in this spot where I am now testifying to the goodness of God in their life and how God has turned them around. And I've watched them be baptized. And we've seen so many miracles. And it's when I choose to look back, it's when I choose to reflect on these that my faith grows. My expectancy grows for God to do more. And I want to ask you today, is your faith growing? Is your faith growing? Is your expectancy what it once was for Jesus to do great things? Or have you perhaps become cynical? Let me tell you, cynicism is deadly. It's so, oh, it's so deadly to faith. It's the opposite of faith. I, I cannot stress this enough. A great prayer that I want to encourage you to pray is the phrase that the, the father of the epileptic child, the phrase that he says to Jesus, which is this, Lord, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. I, I believe you can do it, but I, I need you to help me. Help my faith to grow. That's a prayer we can each pray. Maybe you've encountered disappointments and you've prayed for things and they didn't come to pass in the way you expected. You can say, God, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. I believe that this kind of faith and this kind of growth of expectancy in what God can and will do is possible even in a pandemic, even when there's so much pain and difficulty and uncertainty in our land, even when it might seem hard for, for such a faith to grow in that atmosphere, we can believe that God will do great things. There's a, a time and a place for grieving. This isn't a time for kind of aloof triumphalism where we just think, oh no, we're all going to be okay. That's not the, this is not the time for that. There's a time to grieve along with our nation and to pray for our nation. But I also believe it's a time to expect great things of God. I also believe strongly it's a time to pray, to get to our prayer meeting and to pray. I believe it's a time where 
We can even bring to God our past disappointments and say, Father, I don't know why that happened. I don't understand why that didn't come to pass when I asked you. I don't understand it. I, 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 it kind of baffles me, but I trust you. But I trust you. I want to be, until my dying day, a man who is growing in faith and believing God for great things. I want that for you too. I want that for you. And one way to grow in faith is to look at what miracles God has done in the past, in our own lives, and in the, in the lives of those that we know. Another way is to, is to read God's Word and to see the amazing miracles that Jesus has done and to see that these, these things continue for today, that there is an expectation that these things will continue. Which brings me to my next point, which is this. Jesus heals today. Now, if you're tuning in and you're not a Christian and perhaps you're just curious, well done for making it this far. I'm so glad that you're here with us. And I hope that as I unpack this next point, you'll be glad that you've stuck with us. I, excuse me, I sincerely believe that Jesus heals today. He is the same now as he was then. That as I read the Bible, I see no reason to expect that these miracles have died off, that they died out when the apostles died. I see no reason to believe it. Why? Because it's not in there. And I see that there's a clear expectation that the gift of healing has been given to Jesus's people. What is clear that is that Jesus had ascended to heaven and after he did that, he, he gave gifts to his people and great miracles were performed through his people. If you read the book of Acts, which is like part two of Luke's uh, account of Jesus and the early Christians, we see that the lame walk, the dead are raised to life through the apostles, through the believers, the early believers. We see many dozens of miracles which we don't have details for. This doesn't stop. And during the lockdown, we've, we've been worshipping on uh, Tuesday mornings on Facebook Live. And this week we sung this song, which is called The Same Jesus by Matt Redman. I love these lyrics says this, he came to us in grace and in truth. He's still with us and he's still on the move. The same Jesus. This Jesus is still on the move. Jesus is still on the move right across this world. The same Jesus who healed the centurion's servant. He's still healing people today. And you might think that's the most ridiculous thing you've heard all week. And there are some ridiculous things doing the rounds right now. There's some ridiculous conspiracy theories doing the rounds right now. And you might think, Jesus heals today. That is the most crazy thing I've heard. That might be what you're thinking right now. Well, I want to, I want to help you just with a few stories. I wrote on our Facebook group last week that I would love to hear people's uh, stories of healing. And I received so many emails that I'm not able to share all of the stories that I received. I've had to leave out many, but here's a few. And I'll let you make up your own mind once you've heard these. First up, my friend Shelby wrote this. In December 2017, I had an operation go wrong, which damaged a nerve in my back. And it meant I lost feeling down my left side, and I lost a lot of muscle strength, and it left me in immense pain. I used crutches for eight months whilst regaining strength to walk without feeling. It was part of the reason that I left my job and became homeless. At a Christian festival, in 2018, there was a talk on healing. A few friends gathered around me to pray for me. An intense warmth and tingling came into my back and drained down to my foot on the, attached, on the affected side. As they prayed, that warm feeling moved lower and lower 
and was replaced by feeling until I could feel the grass under my bare feet. I tested it by skipping and walked back across the campsite, holding my crutches, being able to walk with full feeling and movement. My favorite thing about that story is that I actually met Shelby for the very first time earlier that day, and I could see that she was in great pain, and I was interviewing her for a prospective internship with our church, and I had my concerns, I had my worries that she would actually be fit enough to complete the year, and yet the next time I met her was when she was starting her internship, and she was fully healed, and she ended up being a huge blessing to our church. Next up, my friend Daniel Summers, who had a terrible motorbike accident a few years ago, And he says this, in this photo, the crew were about to take me into a land ambulance because, well, it was cheaper and I had no hope. I'd broken bones, punctured internal organs, and I'd bashed my brains to bits. It was after that very photo, three weeks later, when I walked out of hospital. I was not 100%, but I walked. I shouldn't have. The doctors were stunned. It shouldn't have happened. I was physically weaker, but stronger on a new path, God's path. Dan has an incredible story of how God has completely turned him around and he's now as fit as a fiddle. Another one that I heard just this week from my friend Dan Howard, who is interning with us at Hope Church this year, he had a long-running injury from football and he was at his house and one of his housemates was on a Zoom call to someone else and this other person was a Christian and uh, this guy said uh, to uh, Dan's housemate, hey, your housemate who just walked by, has he, has he got an injury from sport or some, something like that? And uh, so Dan's housemate called him in and said, hey, have you got an injury from sport? And Dan said, yes, I have. And together they just prayed over Zoom and Dan was completely healed. That is, I think, astonishing. That God revealed to this guy who did not know Dan, who'd never met Dan before, that there was something wrong with him from a sport injury. And then and there he was healed. How about my friend Jackie Wilkinson, who wrote this? A few years ago, my dad had scans that showed a lump, and he was booked in for surgery to have it removed and tested. My dad rang me and told me they'd found something, and he was going in for surgery. I remember as clear as day the call and thinking no and praying no. I felt calm, peaceful, and confident in God. Dad went in for surgery and was gone a long time, much, much longer than expected. When the surgeon spoke with my mum and dad afterwards. He explained the length of time in surgery. It was because they couldn't find anything. They had to recheck. The surgeon told my parents he'd never seen anything like it. He'd seen the scans and there was something there. He told them he could not explain it medically. He said he could only explain it as a miracle. I've got two more for you. One from two weeks ago from my friend Luke Howard. On Monday, I was walking to the shop and I noticed a guy out on crutches outside the bank near us. I got chatting a bit and he told me he has arthritis in both his knees for many years. I asked if I could pray for them. I didn't feel I could lay my hands on his leg in this social distancing climate. So on the spot, I commanded the pain to leave his knees in Jesus' name and asked him to check his knees. He said, they actually feel better. I hope they stay that way. Jesus brought healing to this man's knees And all I did was command the pain to go in his name. As I said, I could have shared many, many testimonies. But one more for you from my friend Josie Asura. On the 19th of May, it will be a year since my ear was healed. I had perforated eardrums since I was a child. I then got an infection and it worsened and I lost lots of hearing. 
So I had an operation and I was told that I developed hypercusis post-operation, which is physical pain to sounds. I had a molded ear defender I had to wear to stop the pain and block the sounds. I work with children with learning disabilities and autism, so it was challenging if they shouted or banged. The healing happened when myself, Tom, Mario, and some others were at the back of church during worship, and the person hosting the meeting said, let's get into groups and pray for healing. We prayed for Tom's ear, and I said, whilst we're praying for ears, will you please pray for mine? We all prayed, and Mario said, you're healed. But I didn't believe him. I have always been a skeptic, especially when you hear of church scams. But I've not had a single pain since. Sometimes even now I'm amazed, although my faith is probably that of a mustard seed, and that's being generous, I know that God definitely does heal today. And it's not just about the physical. As I was choosing to surrender some things in that worship time, I was experiencing a deeper healing also. I I sincerely believe, I believe with all my heart that Jesus heals today. I believe that these stories are going to be important to us in encouraging us to go for it, to step out again, believing God for healing. How did the centurion know that Jesus could heal his servant? It's because he heard some things. He heard heard stories. He heard testimonies. He heard stories about Jesus being gossiped. Let these stories encourage you and build your faith. Now, with so much teaching on healing out there, some of which I don't agree with, what would be my... uh, What would be my kind of wisdom? What wisdom could I give on this matter? It's simply this. Take lots of shots and you'll get lots of goals. Step out in praying for people for healing. I I don't think it matters much what form the prayer takes. As you heard from my friend Luke, it looked like saying, in the name of Jesus, pain, go. For my friend Jackie, it was, no, Father, no, when she heard of her dad's illness. But we take lots of shots and we get some goals. I don't understand it fully when healing doesn't immediately come. Will one day, this, not this side of eternity, but the other side of eternity, we will one day know and understand fully. But I do believe that God is good and that we trust him even when it doesn't happen. But I believe that for his glory and for the good of people. He does heal today. He does it in a number of means. Yes, he does it through professionals and through medicine, but I believe he does it miraculously aside from professionals as well. So we need to take some shots and we'll get some goals. We need to step out in compassion, the compassion that that God has for people, the compassion that God gives to us. And we're going to hear a little more about that next week. Let Let me urge you, Hope Church, to take some shots. To, to pray for people, to step out in faith. Jesus has authority to kick pain and suffering out. He can do it, and I believe he will do it as we step out expecting him to do great things. The centurion, as we heard last week, he had great humility and yet great boldness. He, he knew he wasn't worthy, but he knew Jesus was. He, he reckoned on Jesus' power and Jesus' authority, not on his own. And finally, having recognized that Jesus heals today, let us see this, that Jesus provides the ultimate healing. Yes, God heals physically today. We believe that he delights in healing people, but what we need more than anything else, what you need more than anything else, is to be spiritually healed. You need to be healed of your your sin and 
your spiritual sickness. That's your greatest need. More than anything physical is to be cleansed from wrongdoing, from wrong thinking, from wrong speaking. We're all guilty of it. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. No one is guiltless in this regard. Left to our own devices, we go our own way. We go away from God's ways and we're heading towards eternity without him. But praise God, the verse does not end there. Verse 24 and 25 says this, Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for our sins. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. There's a way for you to be made right with God. And it's through trusting that Jesus was your sacrifice. It's through trusting that Jesus' blood was spilt for you. And it's as you trust in Jesus that God heals you spiritually. He makes you clean. He brings you into his family. If you trust in Jesus, then one day you will live in a new heaven and a new earth. You will see God face to face with a, a heart that is no longer burdened and distracted by sin and a body that's no longer broken and decaying in frailty. You will know ultimate healing. You will know a new body, a resurrection body that will never, never decay. That's great news. Jesus provides the ultimate healing. I want to pray just now for all of us. I want to pray for those who perhaps are regularly with us at Hope Church. I want to pray for us to grow in faith. I also want to lead us in a prayer. Maybe you want to respond today to this Jesus. And if you have responded, if you do respond, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to grow in faith. We want to understand that nothing is impossible for you. We want to have a faith that amazes you, that we would believe you to be all-powerful and that we would trust in you, that we would take steps of faith. I pray, Father, that where we've perhaps been disappointed in the past, where perhaps we've been confused when things didn't work out as we thought they should have done, I pray you would heal us even now, heal people even now, that they might believe you again for great things. Lord, we want to be those that grow in faith. Until our dying day, we want to be those that are expecting great things of you, who are stepping out in faith, expecting that you will move. We want to see healings more and more and more within our church and beyond. We want to see people set free. We want to see people rejoicing in you because you have done great things. And Father, I want to ask you right now that for anyone who's engaging with this video, who doesn't yet know you, that you would reveal yourself to them. Would you do that now, Father? Would you just show them your love in an amazing way? Would you come and bring healing, Lord? Would you come and bring spiritual healing, bring forgiveness? Maybe just right now, if you're with your eyes closed where you are, if you just know, I need to respond to this Jesus, why don't you pray, Jesus, I believe. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for me. 
I believe that your blood was shed for me. I trust that it was done so that I could be forgiven. And I give my life to you now. I'm yours. You're my Lord. And I look forward to the day that I will see you face to face. Amen. Thank you so much for joining with us today. We look forward to having you join us again next week. Take care and have a great week. Thank you for listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. Please feel free to make a copy of this content, but please do not edit the content in 